Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of, right here on the Create Clarity with Charity Podcast. Entrepreneurs do, we take those risks, we jump when no one else will, you know, and that's like the fire inside that's like, hey man, I'm going to push it because I know, you know, with certainty or, you know, you're so confident in your skill or your trade that you're like, no, I know I got this. And that's what it takes. I think that real clear, um, you know, knowing that um, you've got a skill and it's valuable. And from that point of, you know, being able to have good mentorship, work for an amazing corporation that was, hey, we're going to teach you the best tools that you will ever need in life. Like these are like tools and skills that you can take on and that you can share with many people. And that was like a huge gift. But you paid for it in sweat, sweat equity and years and years of dedication, right? But that is what it takes. Yeah, and I learned some of the lessons also of what not to do, right? So it wasn't just, you know, understand the funding source before you sign a contract, know where your money's coming from, things of that nature, or, you know, watch your project P&Ls, all of, you know, cash flow is, is managed this way. There was all those great lessons, right? But there was also some lessons about ideology of business and what's, what, what and how you make your money, right? If you, if you have a plantation mentality that, you know, you're lucky to work for me, well, that's not going to work in the labor business, you know, because yeah. we're based on productivity. How, how do you get somebody to physically work harder, right? If you yeah. go into the gym and you have a trainer and the trainer pushes you to physically work better, maybe it's because you're trying to get in shape, maybe it's health related, you got that person pushing you, right? You have a reason. You have to think about that for your employees. What's their reason? You know, for me, it was pride because I wanted to be the best. I wanted to blast more than the guy next to me, no matter what, even if, even if it killed me. Not everyone yeah. has that drive, right? So how do you then build a system and build a, build a place where folks can come and you can extract that out of them and then they get paid for what they did? Not, hey, you're lucky to work here, right? That, that mentality only gets you so far, right? So a lot of what I saw and a lot of what I came from, that was that was the mentality. You know, you're, you're, you're lucky to have a job. And I always thought, well, I treated my guys different, you know, and I, I asked them questions, I talked to them and, you know, I, I, I found a way to get better productivity, which then of course allowed me to be more competitive, which allowed me to grow the book. And, you know, you know, the rest of the story. Um, but again, if you're in the labor business, the most important asset you have is your people. Yes. So you poorly, <laughs> you know, you, you know, it, you know, again, if my most valuable assets, a piece of equipment, I'm going to maintenance it and take care of it and, and ensure that I can get it, giving me as much as it can give me. And if your most valuable resource is human beings, you can't mm -hmm. just oil a while and change parts, right? You have to, you have to invest in them as well. And that's the biggest difference between our business model, I think, and, and some of the other folks out there that are just labor shops. You show, you do a day's work, you leave and no one gives a shit or knows your name or cares. So, right. And that's why you really are 
<clears throat> so unique with champions. Like that's why I'm have you on here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast because you are one of those evolutionary entrepreneurs that sees the the holistic view from a thousand feet that you understand how important the people are and investing in them and you know bringing the mentorship within the fabric of your framework of your organization so it's not just come clock in and clock out but you actually nurture your guys you actually provide them with very um you know family developed and and, and drive and legacy and biz business ownership and you probably do profit sharing and, and share the wealth i could just can tell you're like a generous person like that and with you know insp inspiring them instead of you know driving them to work harder and sweat harder sure. right and, um, and that's culture right i mean that's really you know when, when you hear businesses talk about their culture um yeah you know, I, I think last year we won best and brightest. I think we won it again this year. Um, you know, that speaks to not just our craft out in the field, but speaks to our, our folks that are working in, in the different offices as you're scrolling through. Um, you know, here at Corporate Rise Set for uh, New York City, you know, we've got we got crews spread all over the globe. And it's really difficult to maintain that culture when you're dealing with folks that are, you know, in, in, in completely different time zones completely. I mean, even Guam, you're on Guam. You know, how do we share that culture with our folks in Guam? It has to be part of the system and the way you do business. It can't be that you just say it at the high level and you don't pass it down through the ranks, right? You know, so right. The, the executive team here um, has worked very hard to ensure that we maintain this culture that we've developed. Um, you know, there's, like I said, there's six executives within the organization. Carlos Hernandez, who sits next to me, my brother, Dwayne Huff, who sits here as well. Uh, we have uh, Tony Marischak in, in New York, Jeff Gibbons in Lakeland, Florida, and Doug Page in Atlanta. Th those six individuals are why Champion is what it is. It's why we have the success we've had. And their passion, motivation, and drive is what, what you know, encourages all of us, right? We get up and we, we push to, you know, to, to keep that that momentum. Um, so that's that's really, I, I think, the biggest differentiating piece between us and many of our competitors. Not yeah. All, not all. Some of some of our competitors are very like uh, principles, and we tend to uh, kind of end up working with those folks. Yeah, because it really is stemming from that vision of culture camaraderie like altruism kind of i'll wash your hand you wash mine you know giving you know bringing in the you know your team of people that understand the field to the core and and assuring that the people that are working for you um you know feel the value and feel valued and that it's not just you know um yeah, <clears throat> labor busting experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have an annual leadership meeting. Uh, typically, it's in Fort Lauderdale, uh, beginning of the year, and we bring everybody, every leader. If you're a, a soon-to-be aspiring kind of on the deck foreman, superintendents, general superintendents, project managers, all the admin staff, everybody comes together, and it's you know, call it 200 people. Uh, we all come together and we spend a weekend um, talking about different leadership uh, principles. We we want to hear everyone's perspective. And we also want everyone to meet each other every year because the folks say in New York City may never run into the folks in the military division that are working, you know, some remote island in the South Pacific. Um, 
And when, when that happens, it's interesting because you really see the culture has taken on a life of its own and all the executive level folks can just kind of step back and you see it happen. And it's something magical. And the second that doesn't happen, we've got a major problem, right? So mm -hmm. that's really what I look for every year, more than anything, more than the attendant really getting conceptually what we're talking about, more than all the decks we put together and all the presentations and all that shit's great. But what I look for at the end, say on a Saturday night is to see that cohesive culture there and working. Cause I know if that's there, all the other stuff will fall into place, right? I mean, everything else is just the procedure and SOP or whatever. If that's not there, we've lost the people. And that's what you can never forget. Yeah. And that, I mean, I, I really love the, the mindset, the mind, the mindset and the passion and the drive that you guys really put into your people. Um, on our last, on the last conversation, we talked about a lot about, you know, um, your team motivates, um, you know, and you have certain systems and, you know, don't be a slave to the business. And you have certain principles that you really instill in a core level. That's so fundamentally strong that keeps people to stay with you for decades and, and, and long-term time, because it really is a mindset shift when you're, you're nurturing and taking care of your staff and your people and giving them that, um, you know, second chance of hope, giving them the tools to feel like, you know, they have the authority in their position to do what they need to do and to do it the best. And that all starts at that core level of, you know, your admin staff, your HR staff, you know, implementing all these processes and controls, implementing a process where, you know, everyone's getting paid timely. No one's feeling resentful because their paychecks bounce or because people are like not getting paid the right amount. Like you got to have those core fundamentals dialed into your business to help people trust you and stay with you along with giving them, you know, the ability to be accountable to goals and setting benchmarks and setting targets for them to, to continue growing while they're with you. Yeah, and, you know, I've got all these little kind of catchphrases I layer into our culture. And one of them I've, I've had since before Champions, I always said, you, know, you have to give people the tools and the authority to do their job and then hold them accountable, right? And I see many businesses, they'll give the tools with no authority, they'll give the authority with no tools. And when I say tools, I don't mean a hammer. You know, maybe you have someone that's got the authority to be a project manager, but they don't have the tools personally to do it because you've not trained them, right? So right. give them the tools. And sometimes it is tools. If it's a foreman, maybe he needs a certain piece of equipment. If he doesn't have it, he can't be successful. So how can I then hold him accountable, right? Right. So part of that also layers into setting those goals and setting those, um, you know, the, those uh, future advancement and career. And some folks are happy. Some, some folks say, you know, I'm at this level. This is, this is my goal. I want to be here. And you also have to recognize that as a leader and say, okay, I don't want to push someone into a place where they're, where they don't want to be and they're not comfortable because then I'm setting them up to fail. Right. So, but most leaders are not geared that way. Most leaders want to continue to, to progress. And what we say there is, you know, find your replacement and train them, right? If you're a foreman, Find who's going to replace you and train them because maybe you're going to become a superintendent, right? Or maybe that person will just become a foreman and be your peer. But always be looking for your replacement and always be training. And that, that goes back to that mentor, right? And, and yes. I heard a term I, I really didn't care for it initially, but, but it's grown on me a little bit, a reverse mentor, right? I think a mentor is just a mentor. But when they say reverse mentor, the folks that I heard it from, 
we're specifically talking about some of our some of our leadership that maybe is not part of that tech age and isn't as tech savvy. And you see the you know the, the younger guys coming in that are really tech savvy and understand you know, iPads and iPhones and IT. And they're teaching some of the older guys that maybe came from a time where you just had a pen and a paper. And uh, we see a lot of that. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing because most all of our quality control documents, safety documents are all done on an iPad. We, we guys that when we hand them an iPad, didn't even know how to turn the thing on, right? And I now know. I see the reports and they're marking them up and they're, you know, they're taking drawings and they're, it, it's, um, it's that empowerment to say, I don't know and I want some help is another part of our culture that it's very difficult when I get, you know, in, in construction, like many businesses, nobody wants to say, I don't know. And, and trust me, every one of my foremen, they're the best there is. If you don't know, just ask them, right? They'll tell you. Yeah. But right. say, I don't, you know, here, here's an iPad. I, you know, the first response is, I don't need that shit. I'm not, I'm not a tech guy, right? Well, it's like, well, hold on a minute. Let's make your life easy, right? You know, for me, I'm not the, you know, spelling's not my, my strong suit. You know, I get by, but you know, having spell check really is a useful tool for me. And yeah. If I, if I didn't say, oh, there's my brother and my mom. If I didn't say I wanted to, uh, you know, advance my my technical capabilities with computers and technology, I wouldn't have that capability to utilize this great tool, spell check, right? So I often tell the guys, hey, look, I, you know, we, I don't care how you spell. I don't care about your grammar. I care about the data. Get me the data because that's what we need. Um, so, you know, that, that's that, that mentoring both ways. It's not just we mentor a young guy coming in and say, here's how you blast, here's how you paint, here's how you run a job, or any of those things. But let's hear from the young guys and see what they see and what they think. And, you know, it, it's no shock to me that many of them had some really great, uh, great perspective that we've adopted, right? I mean, if you look at our organization, we're not paperless. And I don't think that's cap we have the capability to be paperless. But because of some of the young folks, you know, my my oldest son, Trayvon included, you know, he uh, very tech savvy and he, you know, he, he comes in and, and helps with some stuff that I said, oh, wow, you know, we've had, you know, three years, four years of doing it that way. And now you've offered a different perspective and we've all adopted it. Right. So, um, you know, my, my sister is a, is a project manager for us nice. and she's working right now with our safety department today. You know, I don't like the way this was set up. I think we need to completely start over. Normally I would say no, but this again is a, is a web-based site that, her generation's very proficient and the gentleman that set it up initially is not. Right. So, um, you know, you know, again, back to the culture, you know, that's that kind of that report or what they, the term reverse mentoring, you have to be, yeah. open you know, that's amazing. And that's so true. We can learn so much from each other and that's, that's the most important thing to really realize that, you know, reversing that could be very effective in many ways. And showing them they, they have value as well and giving them the opportunity to prove that. And, you know, a lot of other, just like what you're saying, taking the initiative to really like, you know, have your family and friends helping you in your business at a core level, fundamentally. I mean, you've created a huge family business, essentially that's in like, you know, all global, essentially. And, um, you know, finding the right fit, knowing where people belong, delegating them to be in charge and have the authority to make decisions and use the tools that you provide them. And that's key because 
that's where the execution gets sloppy in a lot of corporations, the execution of giving your employees the right foundation to be successful could be a sloppy handoff. And, and that's when everything goes sideways. And it seems like you guys have that so dialed in that, you know, you are creating the best leaders. I mean, if you have 200 leaders at your summit every year and are celebrating them, then that is a huge accomplishment. And, you know, and put giving them the, the, the tools to mentor their teams because all those 200 guys have teams underneath them yeah. that they're steering to be the best. And um, that is really at the core level. I think people really want to know, how do you get to nine figures? Well, it really takes that sort of, you know, framework in the fabric of the organization. The care factor has to be present. You know, the mind-body connection, understanding that safety is huge, caring about your staff and their wellness and their safety and, you know, developing projects where they can do I mean, the, the things that you guys do are, are massive. So there has to be a huge level of concern when it comes to, you know, treating your, your, your guys good and making sure that they are protected at all times and, and making people feel safe because you could see how very unsafe that could feel if they don't have the proper training and you don't have the proper pro protocols, um, you know, and really keeping people, you know, in a place where they feel like, they're going to be okay when they come home. Well, you know, when, when you speak to safety, I have a personal connection with safety as well, because I was hurt on the, on the job. Oh. And, uh, and I was medevaced, you know, off of the job. So, um, oh, wow. I'm the 0.1% equipment failure injuries, right? Most, most, uh, workplace injuries are related to worker issues. You know, you did something. Mine was both. I, I you know, I was working in a, in a place with a piece of equipment that, that malfunctioned and, and hurt me, but also I wasn't tied off and I fell into a tank. So, you know, it was oh, my fault. Wow. But again, you know, take that finger and point it back at yourself, right? I didn't do equipment checks and I didn't properly follow safety protocol. And as a result, I got hurt. Um, came back, went right back to work, never had an issue. I mean, I was home for a little bit, driving my wife nuts. But other than that, the most valuable piece of, uh, of, of knowledge I, I achieved was what it means to get hurt at work. I was first yeah. off, I was thankful I was alive. So my first, my first thought was, thank God I'm alive. Uh, my second thought was, how do I make sure this never happens to anyone else? Yeah. Um, so, you know, our, our, our business now, um, and again, these are construction, construction related uh, numbers, but our AMR is, I think, a 0.52, which in our business is super low. If you, mm -hmm. if you're a startup and you start a business, you're a one, right? Oh, and, wow. and that rating is based on. Uh, insurance premium paid versus claim monies paid, right? It's how they come up with that number. Oh, um, in, our, in our space, it's very low. We're, you know, we're a high risk business. We walk high steel, we sandblast. So um, safety is a personal thing. It's, it's not about that number, but how do you get to that number? You can't get to that number unless you take it personally and you care. And, and we do. And we've got a safety director um, that, that works very hard to, again, go back to what you had, what you had highlighted and you're spot on training and investing in your people, right? If you mm -hmm. teach your people how to be safe, that that's really twofold. One is giving them the knowledge. Two is explaining to them, you work in, in a dangerous environment. It's your job to make sure that you stay safe, right? Safety yeah. starts with you, you know, and, and that that's, that's what we do. I mean, like I said, you see from some of the photographs you have pulled up currently, 
there's not much we do that's not up in the air. I mean, you got a bridge in Washington, you got the Atlanta Airport, that's the Manhattan Bridge right there with the guys uh, looking down. That's the Atlanta Stadium there with the guys on ropes. So, wow. Yeah, most of what we're doing is up in the air, right? So we're. Uh, yeah. It's and that's like I mean it almost looks like they they are skydiving. Okay, they're so far up there, and yeah, to know yeah. that, you know they're okay. Safety protocol. I mean, from these yeah. huge roofing projects to construction to the nuclear projects you work on, all the military yeah. jobs. And if um, you scroll down a little bit, there you'll see there's a there's a, a couple young guys standing. Um, that's in Washington State there in that brown jacket. That's my youngest son Bailey. So. Oh, nice, you know, right here. I worked out in the field. Bailey is out in the field now, so you know that looks like RTD too. <laughs> it it's one of our bulk blast spots. You know it is. Um, yeah, you know, we, I don't know. Sometimes I get you know I'm up too late and I do crazy shit, but uh, our shop manager pulled that together. Josh, he loves it. That's um, awesome. <laughs> Obviously, he doesn't want to send it out to work. You know, now now he, he wants to keep it in the shop, but. Um, yeah, yeah, but back to safety, I mean, you know, I was out there, my family's out there, Carlos, uh, his son has worked out in the field, so, you know, we put our money where our mouth is, our, our kids are out there working, and they're following the same protocol, and they're not treated like uh, the boss's son, they're out working, so. Yeah, and that's that's why I love it. I love what you're doing, and I mean, it's obviously a huge success. And I know you probably have some really big things in the future um, planned. Um, you know, new big projects, and probably bringing on a ton of new guys. So, is there anyone out there for our our listeners that you know are into construction and learning the ropes that you can encourage them maybe to apply with you guys or or what key um, you know elements within new hires are you looking for or, or how can they prime themselves perfectly to align with a company like yours or maybe even start their own? Well, you know, I always say we look for good people first, right? If, if you're a good person. I can make you a good blaster. If you're a good person with an education, I can make you a good estimator or project manager. I, I can't make a bad person a good person. So for hiring managers, I would say, you know, think about those things because, you know, understand to hire good people. If you're looking to get hired with a company like ours, um, I, I don't hire based on resume. It may get you in the door, but it's how, I, it's the feeling I get when I talk to you. So nice. yourself. You know, don't 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 try to appease uh, what you think your hiring manager wants to hear. Be yourself because that's the best thing you have is yourself. You know, bet on you. Don't don't bet on something that's not not real. All right. In today's world yeah. with all the social media and all this other stuff, and you know, I think that the younger generation um, sometimes loses sight of the fact that your uniqueness and your differentness sometimes is why you're why you're special, and that can get you the job. So, you know. Yes. And I love your quote, the best leaders take guys that don't work and make them the best. That's right. Right. And that is really true for your, your work ethic and your, your team here. And that maybe, you know, that internal mentorship and advising that you guys do for your, do for your team is just really and, monumental and amazing. And it's interesting because, you know, you talked about defining mentors or moments. And I, I learned that lesson from my brother, Dwayne. He, he was a Marine and Carlos was a Marine. And my brother, Dwayne, ran a boat company where they took rubber Zodiac boats and they kind of, they would take like Navy SEALs or Force Recon from, say, a ship into wherever they were going. And he got some of the worst Marines 
and other folks' opinions and had one of the best companies out of them. And he says, I just need good people. I, you know, I'll make you a good Marine. I'll make you good or whatever I need you to be good at if you're a good person. And he motivated them. And I think their name stole a wall in his barracks and Camp Lejeune for his active duty, uh, you know, from the Marine Corps. So um, I learned that lesson from, from my older brother and, and I just took it and just really analyzed it and, and put it to work here at Champion. And, mm -hmm. you know, currently a lot of our leadership, they, you know, I'll say, well, why aren't you getting a production reach you think you should be getting? And they say, well, these, these damn blasters are not getting enough work. And I said, well, you know, you're leading them. How can you get them more work? Have you looked at their equipment? Have you looked at their morale? Have you looked at their access? Have, you know, have you done everything you can do to improve their productivity and lead them properly? And, and every single time I ask that question, the response is, is, is an honest one. No, I haven't, but I'm going to. Um, and after all that, if you're not getting what you need to get, it could be that the person maybe just, you need to be honest with them. This, this isn't for you, but here's a place maybe you can be more valuable or here's an industry that works for you. Let me help you. Um, it's, it's not our, it's not our model to just, not that it doesn't happen, but it's not our model to just say, you're not right. Go, you know, I, I encourage all of our leaders to let somebody go to be honest with them so that they can work on it and fix it. Right. Um, yeah. Telling them the why, why, why am I not working? I mean, it's like the best advice you can get is if someone's letting yeah. you go, they're going to tell you why. And they may be pissed, but they're going to, they're going to hopefully go home and think about it and reflect on it and say, well, you know, maybe physical labor and working out in the trades isn't for me, but you know, I'm really damn good at talking. So maybe I should get into sales, you know? So, um, yeah. and I don't think that's a champion, uh, requirement i think as a human being and societal requirement to be honest with people and, and we're so worried about people's feelings and we live in such a litigious space sometimes it's hard to do that but um but you know but again i, th I think you know we need to answer to a, a higher calling sometimes which is the society we live amongst and that that's important to me that, that we're we're clear with folks when they don't make it why yeah and and you know <laughs> Uh, our biggest failures and, you know, situations like getting fired or, you know, closing a business, it, it, it we don't always get the why. And we have to spend time really deep diving, trying to figure out why did I have that lesson? What is it about me that I need to change? What can I do differently next time? And it's actually like the best um, foundation for self-help to really give that inside, you know, advice and opinion. So I love yeah, that. If you've never failed, you've never tried. So if you're one of those people that wants to argue you've never failed, then I question your your effort, right? Yeah. Because I can tell you, <laughs> I, failed, I failed a lot, and and uh, there was times when it was it was tough to, to turn that finger back around and point at myself and say, "Hey, dumbass, that was you. That was your your own ego, or that was whatever. Fix it." But you're right. You're spot on. They they are the best growing moments for any entrepreneur. And yeah. when you can, when you can say, I don't know, but I'm going to find the best damn person that does know. And then you attach yourself and, and you support them and learn from them. That's how your organization can grow and scale. You can't yeah. scale by yourself unless you're, unless you're maybe a, you know, an actor or a musician, but even then they've got a huge support staff, right? You know, they may be the, what they may be the, the end product, but someone's supporting that effort. And, yeah. and for us, you know, I, my biggest hurdle I have with many folks that I, that I elevate or, or, or give a, a promotion to is that they have a difficult time delegating. And that's about, that's about control, right? They got, they got to where they got because they're good at what they're doing, but can they take the next step and mentor and train and manage, right? And that's a different differentiating point between, you know, 
of management role and a doer role. If you can do something yeah. very good, congratulations. Doesn't mean you can manage. You know, a great yeah. example is an attorney. You may be the best attorney on the planet. If you're a, a one-man shop, great. But if you need to have, you know, 150 attorneys, can you manage them? Maybe not, right? So um, yeah. I think of our project management that way. Yeah, and that's like the in-house mentoring and coaching mindset of the management team that you guys have developed there are, is is probably the backbone and the fuel to the you know 10xing where you are again. I mean, because if you're encouraging your people, they'll want to work harder for you. They'll feel better about their work. They'll feel valued. They'll feel they have that purpose. They have that mission and driven. And you know, you have to instill that into people. People. And this in labor industries literally forget about people, the human element. They just think we're like people are machines, you know, and just really dialing into the realness. And I, I love that you guys do that. And everyone needs to know more about that and how to get their business in alignment with that, really looking at the core foundation of the people and how they're managed. Yeah, I don't think there's anything worse than you know, somebody saying, you know, as in a management role, you should get X, period, into discussion. You should have sold X, you should have performed X. Yeah. Let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about what it takes to get to X. And if you didn't get to it, how do we get there, right? Because human beings, when told go get X, they may get it, but it's going to be sloppy. It's not going to be what you wanted. They're going to say, well, you told me to do it. So, you know, I, I really believe in empowering people that if you have a goal for them, whatever that goal is, What's your vision to get there? So you can explain, this is how I see us getting there. And give them the capability to rebut and tell you why they think you're right or wrong. And have that discussion. And it doesn't mean you you say, you know what, you're right, we can't do it. Never. That's never the answer. But sometimes the answer is, okay, I, I, I've taken your input, and now let's figure out how to get there. Right? I, I never say, yeah, it's okay, we're not going to get there. But we're going to get there together. And mm -hmm. that takes hard work. It takes mentoring, like you had said. And sometimes it takes reality checks for your folks to say, look, you know, this is the job. This is what it takes. And if you want to succeed, we're going to get there. But yeah. I, I don't believe in you're going to get there alone. We as a team are going to get there. You don't work for me. You work with me. Even if I'm the person of authority, we're still working together, mm -hmm. right? If this is a dictatorship and it goes bad, there's only one person to blame. It's myself. And if we succeed, there's only one person to credit. It's myself. But I can mm -hmm. promise you. Most cases in dictatorships, you do not succeed. <laughs> you fail. So you need that team behind you, and they need to see your vision, and you need to properly show and, 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 and mentor that vision. It's not something that, you know, unfortunately, people can't read minds yet. You know, when they can, all this shit will go away, and we'll just walk around and not have to communicate. But until then, <laughs> communication is, is such a key component to your success. You know, as you, and a lot of folks that are owner-operators that aren't good communicators We'll say things like, well, why the hell did they get this done? Well, did you tell them? Did you explain to them your vision? Did you know? And a lot of my leaders are that way. Oh, they told the guys to do this. Did you tell them why? Because communication isn't just about you one way, it's two way, right? And, um, you know, Carlos, uh, many times at our leadership meeting, speaks to communication. And, and, and he has a term actively, and I hate, it's not his, but he uses it often actively listen, right? Communication mm -hmm. isn't just about the one talking, it's about the one listening. So many cases, the communicator is doing a great job, but the person that you're communicating to is not listening. And that's when you want them to tell you back, you understand, tell me, right? Like military back and forth. Um, 
And, and, and usually that's Carlos's discussion with, with our team is about how to properly communicate. Sorry about the phone. Awesome. Um, yeah, well, I, I probably have, you know, ran out of time here with all this amazing insight from you and advice. I know our audience is probably like just nodding their head like, yeah, that's the kind of company I want to work for. That's the kind of company I want to own, you know, because oh. it does have to come from that personal level. Like you said, with the safety, you take it personally. You also take it personally when people are treating your staff bad on the sites, you know, you take it really personally, then you really care and you have that genuine care factor. And that's how you build is really, um, you know, not, not just looking at the monetary gain. I mean, having a Bentley and, you know, having an amazing family and they have everything and, you know, money's good, but, also being able to walk in the building and be respected and honored and valued and looked at like, man, that man's made it happen for me is, is worth so much more than that. Yeah. And, and if you want that Bentley, do the right thing, even if it's at a cost sometimes. Yeah. Because I can tell you doing it the wrong way, maybe you'll eventually get there, but you, you it won't mean as much and, and it won't last. So in my advice, if, if you want to hit that, those financial goals you have, always do the right thing because that pays dividends. Doing the wrong yeah. thing will always come back. So, uh, on a, a parting note, I think that that's that's a uh, hopefully some good advice to my my uh, my colleagues, uh, both within Champion and the folks outside of Champion. Yes, that is the truth right there. And you'll sleep a lot better at night too. <laughs> and that's so important for you CEOs out there to get that good rest and to be able to sleep at night by the decisions you make for your business, your staff, your team, and, and, you know, just living on that higher level of existence and giving people that opportunity to do the same thing is really awesome. I love what you're doing there at Champion. And Kyle, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show and we will definitely have to do this again. And we're looking forward to any new huge projects that you might be working on. Great. If you want to, you know, um, come back on the show and we'll talk about new projects, maybe new states, you're going to have new corporate offices and we can help recruit some amazing um, skilled tradesmen for you. We're always hiring, and I think there's probably a longer conversation maybe you and I could have with uh, some of your insight and um, and some advice as well. So thank you so much for having me. I would come back anytime you want, but between now and then, I'm going to want to pick your brain. So thank Awesome. You. We'll get on that strategy call, and you can pick Great. my brain for another hour, and we'll see you know how I can be of service. I, I really value what you're doing, and um, it, it would be a pleasure. So... Um, on that note, you guys, thank you for listening. I hope you really received some of that super insightful information from a man who's really gone from, you know, homeless to driving an amazing Bentley, having a, a nine-figure corporation, and, and having a team of um, amazing men and women that are helping him grow. And it's really inspiring, Kyle. So once again, thank, thank you. you. And um, we will chat soon. Sounds good. All right. Bye. -bye. Bye. Are you ready to be the best that you can be? Join hybrid business coach and consultant Charity Brown and her guest as they give you behind the scenes access to the insider tips and tricks that will help you take your business to the next level. Charity has an extraordinary approach to boosting businesses to break out of their modes, influence their industries, 
and become leaders of their packs. And she's ready to pass this inspiring knowledge on to you today. Learn how to change your game and build your business into what you've always dreamed of right here on the Create Clarity with Charity podcast.